listening to the Dr. Claude Kirshner Show. My name is Dr. Claude Kirshner, and we are here to serve organizational leaders and agile teams who strive for excellence and differentiation. I hope you enjoy the content. If you have any questions or would like some additional resources, please visit our website at www.archconsults.com. Enjoy. Competitive advantage. What's a competitive advantage? If we are swimming, I'm 30 pounds lighter, and I have been a collegiate swimmer, and I'm swimming against somebody who is a sumo wrestler. Who has the competitive advantage? So that's a temporary competitive advantage, right? Then what's a sustained competitive advantage? What if I'm 36 years old, that sumo wrestler is 18, that sumo wrestler decides that, you know what, I just lost that race. I'm not happy about it. I'm getting back into this game. I'm losing my weight. I'm going to get trained. And three or four years from now, he takes me out of my swim competition. So is my competitive – how do I sustain my competitive advantage is the question. What do I need to do continuously to make sure that sumo wrestler never beats me? Train. I need to do something unique and different, right? I might have to go to the doctor and get some, like, anti-aging pills. I might have to train in Alaska for, you know, there's some like unique way of training in cold water that I've adopted that I told nobody about that is customized to my training regimen that that sumo wrestler doesn't matter until I'm 85 years old. He's never going to beat because I have a sustained competitive So is it good enough in our strategy to have a competitive advantage? And what if you were assigned to lead a particular project how would you approach some of these big problems? How, how do we think strategically? And then how do we commission people to act appropriately or to act with execution to motivate them? Strategic management likely determines which organizations succeed and which ones fail. So is it easy to create a strategy, a form of strategy? How long does that take? You can do it in a weekend if it's like a big company, or you can do it in 30 minutes if it's a smaller project. Strategic management is the way managers respond to competition, cope with environmental challenges, meet changing customer needs, and effectively use available resources. you got a strategy. What's harder, creating the strategy or executing on the strategy? So you can come up with a plan, you can come up with a strategy, but like we talked about with the Mike Tyson quote, executing on it and responding to some of these competitions, environmental challenges, that's a lot of things. It must have been really cool back in the day to be the CEO of a company that made little candies that were different colors and skills. It must have been a really cool idea that they had, but how did they scale this thing into what it is today? How does my daughter, based on some idea somebody had in their head however many years ago, how did this company get created? They likely thought strategically and were capable of acting on some of that strategy. What does it mean to think strategically about the organization and competition? Take the long-term view. As strategists, what are we planning for? Past, future. We're planning for tomorrow, for the next five years. At the lens of you have a particular initiative that somebody wants you to leave, there's really not much to it, but we know we want this to happen, and you create this initiative, you create this plan, you come up with a strategy, you present it to your boss and say, guess what? Tomorrow we're going to do this, this, and this. And by the end of the day tomorrow, we're going to have all of this accomplished. That's my plan. The boss is going to say, tomorrow? <laughs> hey, great, that's one day out of many that you're going to have to execute on. So you have to look long term. It's not a short-term game. Think strategically. Chess game's a long game. It's not just one move. Take the long-term view. See the big picture. Positively affect performance and financial success. Today's environment requires 
everyone to think strategically. Things are changing often. Strategic management, set of decisions and actions used to formulate and execute strategy. Not just formulate, but formulate and execute. Formulate, execute, that will provide a competitively superior fit so as to achieve organizational goals. What is competitive? What if somebody is not competitive? What, what happens? They lose, right? If we plan strategically so that we can compete effectively. A scorpion fights a tarantula. What's going to happen to one of them? One of them is going to fail to continue to compete in that little transaction. There are so many fun examples, you know, even in biblical examples, where there was a group of soldiers that were being told that they had to go and attack a regiment, an army, that was 30 times bigger than them. And the strategy that they employed was to surround them at night. So they surrounded them at night. It was super dark. And what they did was, let's say there was 1,000 soldiers versus 50,000 soldiers. And so those 1,000 soldiers circled them as close as possible and all at the same time made as much noise as they possibly can like this. Boom. 1,000 people screaming, ah, banging swords like this. The soldiers that were asleep all woke up. They had no idea what was going on. And they started killing each other. So they, the strategy was different. And it, what they had limited resources. And they were able to overcome strategically by thinking strategically. Those kinds of stories in the past of how does the how does David defeat Goliath? How does a uh, a small company become a big company? How do we compete competitively in our marketplace? And the way in which we think and act on this this is vitally important. And it's fun. It could change everything. And my wife sent me an email yesterday. She got a sales email. I call it a phishing email from a car dealership. And the car dealership wants us to come in and look at cars, and they're enticing my wife, saying, hey, you know, you, you can I would just bring your, your used car in. We'll give you a price for it. And because you have equity, we can get you a brand new car. And it's clearly a sales email. My wife says, send me the email. I said, what do you think? Babes, no. That's, we have a strategy here. We have a plan. We're going to not have debt on our cars. We're going to use this car. Riley's going to have this car one day. She's two years old right now, so, you know. <laughs> I'm like, that was our plan. Man. What were we? And because of one little email, she's deviating from our plan. There's a lot of forces in the environment that are going to keep us. So we're, we're going to be competitive with our financials. We're not going to go into that. So that when something bad happens, if my, my small business fails or my wife loses her job, we're ready for that. We can still compete in this world we live in because we have a plan and we're executing of being debt-free on our vehicles is one of many tactics along with working <laughs> and not going out at night and doing spending our money crazy or uh, being kind and courteous to my wife, serving my wife. Like These are all tactics that I use to create a, a hedge of protection around my household. And it's the same thing with businesses. Strategy plan of action that describes resource allocation and activities for dealing with the environment, achieving a competitive advantage, and attaining the organization's goals. If you think about a strategy, we're going to go to the moon. Okay, cool, that's like this. Just visualize that strategy. And you, you take NASA, and you say, okay, I'm going to put that over here. here. Here comes NASA. And then here's some really smart scientific engineers. And here's a cool smart board. And here's, here's some markers. You're throwing your resources at the strategy. You're funding, your resources follow the strategy. If you can visualize that, you'll understand why strategy and resources and how they work together. It's a resource-based view. What can happen if we don't put all of our resources towards our strategy or, or put enough resources towards our strategy? If you, if you have a budget 
and you're too frugal and you decide to skimp on your marketing campaign and it's not effective. But your competitor over here, he launched early, hard and fast. He, he spent the money. It could destroy you. You could lose. Your strategy will be ineffective unless you resource it. How frustrating would it be as um, teachers in the Miami-Dade public school where they say on the standardized test this year, we have to perform better than we did last year by five basis points. And we have to be third in our district. And they say, and the teacher's like, okay, great, but what are we going to get? Like, what we, how are we going to do this? And they say, oh, nothing. Actually, you're going to get no raises. You're going to get no extracurricular educational opportunities. Your classrooms aren't going to be better or bigger. You're going to get no new technology. As a teacher, you're like, you're asking me to do better, and you're giving me nothing more to do it with. Instead, you can say, hey, listen, here's our strategy. Here's our budget. And here are some key things we want to put into place. And you ask the teacher, do you think this is going to be effective? How about this? And then you execute on it. And you resource the teachers. You resource the school so that they can execute on the strategy. Much more proficient way of doing it. Don't you agree? Competitive advantage. What's a competitive advantage? If we are swimming, I'm 30 pounds lighter, and I have been a collegiate swimmer, and I'm swimming against somebody who is a sumo wrestler who has the competitive advantage so that's a temporary competitive advantage right and what's a sustained competitive advantage what if i'm 36 years old that sumo wrestler is 18 that sumo wrestler decides that you know what i just lost that race i'm not happy about it i'm getting back into this game i'm losing my weight i'm going to get trained and three or four years from now he takes me out my swim competition so is my competitive how do i sustain my competitive advantage is the question what do I need to do continuously to make sure that sumo wrestler never beats me? Train. I need to do something unique and different, right? I might have to go to the doctor and get some like anti-aging pills. I might have to train in Alaska for, you know, there's some like unique way of training in cold water that I've adopted that I've told nobody about that is customized to my training regimen. That that sumo wrestler, it doesn't matter until I'm 85 years old, he's never going to beat me because I have a, a sustained competitor. So is it good enough? And our strategy to have a competitive event. How do we sustain that good grade in the management class and use that in our accounting class, our entrepreneurship class, our English class? How do we sustain the GPA where it is right now? It's really cool that you're great at accounting, but how are you going to do that public speaking class? Unless you have a, a plan to sustain that competitive advantage throughout your. So that's just a fun thing to talk. Target customers exploit core competencies. Core competencies are something the organization does especially well in comparison to its competitors. So the swimmer is, is swimming in Alaska in cold water as compared to their competitors who are hanging out in Miami, swimming by the beach, and there's some level of competency that's developed by swimming in cold water that's different than swimming here in Miami. Build synergy. Synergy occurs when organizational parts interact to produce a joint effect that is greater than the sum of its parts acting alone. This is great. What would a non-synergistic learning environment in this classroom look like as compared to hopefully what we're doing today. If I'm just professing my intellect to you all the time, I'm not saying, hey, what do you think? Contribute to the conversation. But the reality is I want to solicit your contribution. And I want to know what do you think? How can you contribute to this discussion? You know, what 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 are you learning about in your job and how can we apply that to what we're learning here? I'm trying, it's it's a crazy environment to try to be able to do that sometimes because I my goal is to try to teach you. But I'm trying to create a, a synergy amongst our team because collectively we're going to learn much better than if, if it was just one person you know, teaching the subject matter. So where, where, how can we apply that to our businesses and our teams? 
how can we create a synergistic group of people to achieve the strategy? So at any given time, we I do not know need to know how to build a car. I don't have to know. All I have to do is I need to know how to make a tire. That's it. I need to know how to put the rubber and, and the, the hubcap on it. And that's it. I, but I can build a car because you know how to put the steering wheel in. You know how to put the engine in. You know how to do the transmission. You know how to put the frame of the car on. You're a really good painter. And you know how to sell the car. Why do I need to know how to do all that stuff? And at some point in time, the synergies of the teams and the knowledge have to come together to produce something greater than the individual parts. The accounting department ain't going to be great at formulating a marketing plan for the company. But let me tell you something. The accounting department probably has something to contribute to how that marketing plan is executed and the budget in which that marketing plan is going to be utilized for. So it probably is a good idea to bring somebody that's representing the accounting, or let's just say the finances of the organization, into that planning meeting for Or no, they can operate in a silo. And they could bring it to the accounting department, and the accounting department would say, whatever you just did over there in your little bungalow with your marketing friends, it, 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 none of it's going to work because it's too expensive. We don't have the money for it. You just wasted your time. Whereas if you just brought me in, I could have given you this information before you made these crazy decisions and saved you all this time. So that's oper operating and building a synergistic environment. It's so important, especially nowadays. Gosh, how people are working from home is hard for me to understand. We talked last class about environment, how important it is. And I love learning online in my own time. But I do think there's something magical about coming around other people that have an insatiable desire for things. When I listen to Monica speak in her passion, when I hear Jose say things, when I see Peter come dressed in a tie, man, I'm like, <laughs> Let's go. Let's learn, guys. Let's 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 hear about it. And it does something, I think, to the effectiveness of the learning environment. And same thing for a company. It creates synergy. It's a fun. What is the SWOT analysis? So it's a tool that's utilized for strategic planning and determining and assessing opportunities. Or how? What are some strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats of this new industry we're about to go into? What are some strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats about this initiative and this plan that we have? What are some things that can go wrong? What are some things that can go right? How are some, what if we did this and it was effective? What are some things that can come from it? What are some things that are going to work against us in this plan? But know that this is just a simple way to really hash out the potential effectiveness of a strategic intent or a goal or a plan. It's a tool to use in your strategic planning. Understanding industry dynamics, suppliers, customers, purchasing power, and using the SWOT analysis to analyze what's going on here. Is this a good thing? If we get into the pool industry and we want to start a company here, uh, is it easy for other companies to come in and be pool cleaners and compete against us? Probably, yeah. Is it probably more difficult for them because we have an established brand over 20 years and we have a ton of uh, market penetration? That's an opportunity that we have. That's a strength that we have to combat against some of these threats. So you just go, you, you say, okay, that's a threat, but Look at the other side of it. And you do your analysis, and when you when you really look at it on a picture, you say, oh, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think we have enough strengths. I don't think there's enough opportunities here to justify all of these weaknesses and threats. Because if it's a lot easier to come up with weaknesses and threats, and it's probably going to be a, a tough one to be successful at. Strategic business unit SBUs, when we talked about the airline industry, we talked about the big picture. Likely they have these strategic business units called hubs uh, in certain cities where 
it's a little bit decentralized. So it's not just all the decisions are here. There could be some decision making happening at the hub. So the airline of American has strategic business units in different cities. So they're not just operating as one entity. Or if you had, let's look at the company PepsiCo. You think about how many products they have. Yahoo, have chocolate milk, uh, Bang Energy Drink, I don't know if they own it or not, but they, they have a slew of different businesses that likely operate differently and strategically that might be competing in different markets, different spaces, because if one of them doesn't do well, some other ones over here might do well. So PepsiCo owns a variety of different businesses. So that's their portfolio strategy, using different businesses. Portfolio strategy pertains to the mix of SPUs and product lines to provide synergy and competitive advantage. A private equity fund has a bunch of money, that institutional money, and they entrust an organization to invest their money for them because the returns are super high in private equity as compared to the stock market. So they're looking for excessive returns. So the fund manager says, okay, we have the opportunity to invest in these funds. Do they invest in one industry with all the funds? No, because if they invested in the taxi cab industry five years ago, there would be a business. If they invested in um, local grocery stores 20 years ago, right now they would do well. So they diversify the funds. They create different industries, different strategies within those industries. They might put some in tech, or they might have a fund designated to one particular type of business where, where that's good. But then the five different funds they have, each one is separate. So it's a portfolio approach. So yeah, just like diversification of portfolio. If you understand the concept of revenue drivers, so what is it that we're selling? We're selling, the chocolate place says, they're selling chocolates at stores, and they're selling tours at the chocolate factory. Two different things, two ways in which we're creating revenue. So the, the chocolate the chocolate tour at the factory could be a cash cow, where it costs them hardly anything, but it creates a lot of profit. But can you scale that? Like, can you sell a million tours a day? Not really. But this, the, the funds from the tours at the chocolate factory can fund the chocolate production. Can you scale the chocolate production? Boom, like crazy. So the chocolate production would be the star. It would be the rapid growth and expansion where the cash cow, milk to finance, bright prospects and stars, would be that would be the tours in the factory that's funding the star. So they're both good to have. So something else in that. We have... Our tours, we have our, and remember, these could be three different businesses, but I'm just using them in the one as a relevant example. We have the tours, sorry, we have the chocolate that sells, we have the tours, and we have the bunny rabbit exhibit. <laughs> well, the bunny rabbit exhibit is great, and the kids come and they love it, and, you know, we create awareness. It's, it's, a, it's a fun marketing ploy, and we think it's really cool, and we, we enjoy it. But we're not making a lot of money doing it, and likely we're going to look into some different initiatives. That would be a dog. No investment. Keep if some profit. Consider divestment. If we had those three things, we'd probably divest the, the bunny exhibit. It's not. It's what's great. It's it's breaking even, but it, it consumes resources. The bunnies poop everywhere. If you've ever had a bunny before, they're they're not fun. You should probably divest it. Ironically, that's a dog, not a bunny. So, and then the last one is bright prospects. So we have the bunny exhibit. We have the tours at the chocolate factory. Is the cow. We have the star and the chocolate. And then we have some bright prospects. We're thinking about creating a new line of Christmas hats. And then we can sell them along with our chocolate. And we think Christmas hats this year, we're going to design and put our logo on it. 
and we're going to have some sort of cool chocolate theme. And each Christmas hat is going to have a different flavored chocolate smell to it. It's a cool little project, and it could potentially create a lot of revenue for our organization. That would be a bright prospect. And it maybe hasn't hit yet, but it, it, it has potential, and we should still invest in it. So these are the four kinds in each business. If you look at a portfolio, you could have these. Divest the dogs if they don't prove over time. You've got to keep the stars, stay competitive. Certainly the cash cows are hard to scale, but they're providing a lot of profit to invest into the stars and also to invest in the bright prospects. If you don't have any bright prospects lingering, are you, are you, do you have a sustained competitive advantage with your stars? Maybe not. If BlackBerry didn't have some form of creative way of finding a touchscreen phone, which they didn't, they had a star for a really long time. And even, so I'll run with that example for a second. Because they didn't have any bright prospects, they, they went out of business. They, they had a great star, but eventually competitors came in and it wasn't sustained. So as an organization, a portfolio, you've got to have some of those tentative, entrepreneurial, startup-based ideas in order to stay competitive. And the other example I was thinking of was I saw a really cool, I pulled it up on my LinkedIn. It was a, over time, how search, sorry, internet browsers have been. If you remember back when you first started using the internet, Internet Explorer, Mozilla, Firefox, remember that. Then you have Chrome just dominated. Then you, now you have uh, Bing, I think is Microsoft's one. Microsoft Edge was another one. And it showed the market share just going over time. And you think about these organizations, if they don't have some level, you know, Yahoo is a great company, but Yahoo is no Google. And let's think of one that, the AOL doesn't exist anymore. And they were so dominant in that space. So that this is just a understanding of diversification, understanding the future, a strategy. Okay, so diversification, strategy of moving into new lines of business. Talk about that. Mergers, joint ventures. We talked about joint ventures last time. Mergers are just two companies coming together. If um, you have an awesome social media marketing firm and you're really good at Instagram, and I have an awesome social media marketing firm, but I specialize in Facebook, if you and I merge, could we provide our clients with a better service offer? So would that make sense for us? It emerges when two companies come together, pull all their resources together uh, to attack the mission or whatever that may be. This is the four to five forces that we talked about. The threat of substitute products, potential of new entrants, bargaining power of buyers, bargaining power of suppliers, rivalry among competitors. All of these forces brings in this competitive rivalry. So if threats of substitute products, if new products are coming in here often, it, it creates more rivalry. Potential new entrants into the, into the industry creates more rivalry. Bargaining power of suppliers, when suppliers have more power, when there's few suppliers that they're, they can negotiate, they basically charge whatever they want to charge, that's a problem, creates more rivalry. Bargaining power of buyers or customers, if my customers are the ones articulating the price and I have to constantly bring my price down in order to, to keep their business, that's a problem too. Whereas you look at the iPhone industry, the iPhone market, threats of substitute products. There are a ton of people coming in and saying, we're gonna take this Android, what else, not a lot. A potential new entrance, maybe. Crazy amount of people funding new cell phone ventures that can compete against Apple, not a ton. Bargaining power of buyers, do I go to AT&T and they say this iPhone costs $600? I say, no, I'm not going to pay that. What are they going to say? We have plenty of people coming here buy iPhones. Goodbye. Uh, bargaining power of suppliers. 
if you were a microchip or a SIM card manufacturer, uh, would you want to have Apple as your client? Big time. So I have a lot of bargaining power as a supplier to tell Apple what my terms are going to be? No. No. So that's an example of not as much rivalry amongst competitors. Let's look at janitorial cleaning services. Let's just say home, a, a cleaning person, a maid that comes in your home. Potential new entrants. Are there a lot of people knocking on the door saying, I, I can clean the house too? And Maybe. Bargaining power of buyers. Do I determine how much I'm going to pay for my, or does my cleaning lady tell me, hey, listen, you're going to pay me this much or I'm walking out. <laughs> Likely, I'm telling her, listen, I'm, I'm not going to pay any more than this. So unless you can do it for our bucks. So there's very high bargaining power of buyers. Bargaining power of suppliers. So the maid company buys Windex and uh, different aspects to her cleaning service. Because do they have a lot of bargaining power? Do they tell her what things are going to cost? Likely, yes. She, she can't go to buy at scale a bunch of brooms or mops or something and, and, char and tell the supplier what she's going to pay. But they have high bargaining power. The point is the threats of substitutes is a ton. So there's a lot of competition within the janitorial services, cleaning services industry. There's no doubt about it. In the pool service industry and landscape industry as well. And that's how you go through that analysis of Porter's five forces to understand what are the dynamics of this industry. Uh, the differentiation and cost leadership strategy, these are two big ones, and you really have to choose. Differentiation, distinguished products and services. Cost leadership strategy, aggressively seek efficient facilities, cost reduction, and cost controls. But what if I tell you Ferrari? Think about Ferrari. What strategy are they putting in? Differentiation. How? How many Ferraris does a Ferrari do when you need to sell? Two or three, they're good. Why? Why is Ferrari so good? What makes them a higher end product? The product. Quality. They're the best. Fastest. The nicest. The all. Everything's great. And then think about Ford. Or let's think about Honda. So what's the difference? What? Which which strategy is is Honda pursuing? If Ferrari is pursuing a differentiation strategy, which one is Honda pursuing? The cost cost leadership. leadership strategy. So aggressively seek efficient facilities, cost reductions, and cost controls. Likely, they're building an economic car compared to Ferrari. They're more trying to sell at mass. And then how about a focus strategy? Concentration on a specific region or buyer, either differentiation or cost leadership approach. Uh, to sell, let's say, the Hummer, like the H2. Where would they likely sell more of those? So the, well, the arm would be good. Or we can say if you manufacture tanks, you know, that's a pretty... Concentration on a specific region or buyer, either differentiation or cost leadership approach. There's probably some competitors in that space, but you're choosing to do it in a little bit more of a niche kind of way. You're focusing on a specialty product. And but differentiation is saying, okay, this is there's a lot of people in this industry, and we're going to do it different because we're going to be the best. We're going to deliver the best quality. We're going to deliver the fastest car, and we're going to market it all over the world. And we're just different. This is where we are. We're unique. Cost, Walmart, Ford, Ross Dress for Less uh, versus the Ferraris, the Saks Fifth Avenue, Nordstrom, these kinds of high-end retail, they both operate well, but they have to, they're focusing on one or the other. If you get mixed up in two at a time, or you're not quite sure, you're confused, you're straddling the fence, you're likely not gonna win in either one.